Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my mission is to help you get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today we're going to talk about how you can't seem to get all of your shit done and what you can do to stop this problem from happening over and over again. And of course, I'm using the royal you because this still happens to me from time to time. But what I found is that in 2020, I've gotten much better at recognizing when it's happening before it gets too terrible. And then I can come up with more ways, more ideas to fix it before I get completely overwhelmed. I want to share some of these tips with you today. So here's how I'm going to do it. First, I'm going to break down the year so far, and then I'll walk you through how I mostly dealt with the craziness that has been 2020. What you're going to notice is that for me, doing less shit actually can mean three different things. So number one, it means actually taking things off your to-do list. And that could be because you deleted them, they're not important, or just moving them to some sort of like do this in the future, revisit later list, just to get it off of your main to-do list so it's not taking up mental space or visual space. Uh, Number two, it could be sort of tricking your brain into thinking you're doing less by taking a large task, or even, it doesn't even have to be a large task, but typically it is a large task, and breaking it down into super, super small chunks and identifying, okay, what's the one thing, the one tiny thing, even if it's like a five-minute job, one thing that you need to do to move forward. And then you identify what's the thing after that, and you and you repeat. So your brain thinks, oh, I'm just doing this one tiny thing, no problem. I can I can check that off the list, get it done right now. But over time, you find that you're actually getting way more done than you think. It's just you've broken it down into these tiny chunks. And number three, just write out outsourcing the work. So it's still happening. It's just that you're not the one doing it. So let's start with January and February of 2020. So in January, I started the year with no team members, which that was a first for me for quite a while. It's been a long time since I was truly on my own. (laughs) That didn't last long though. Um, But I'll get to that in a second. So what I did in January is I reviewed a list of all my projects for 2020. And my business advisor said to me, okay, if there was only one thing that you could get done for the entire year, what's the one thing that's most important? And so framed like that, it was easy to identify the one project that had to get done. And that if it didn't get done, it might cause me problems, but the rest of them could wait. And that was finally getting the last pieces of my website migrated from Squarespace over into Kajabi. So I could finally stop having to partial websites and cancel my Squarespace subscription. So what happened is that generated a lot of immediate relief 
um, because number one, I knew what I had to focus on. I could take all those other things off the list and put them in that, okay, revisit this stuff later, or here's some 2021 projects to consider. Uh, so just a lot of like mental, <laughs> mental relief, stress relief. Um, and then because you know you just have that one thing, then it's easy to break it down into those tiny steps. So that extra time from not worrying about the other things also gave me more mental space to organize and prep for what I did in February, which was to hire um, a virtual assistant agency to help me um, work on this project and also manage my internal stuff and hopefully help with client work at the same time because my goal for 2020 was to keep on freeing up more time of me doing stuff so that I could focus on creating stuff. So that was January and February. Um, what I found with the VA agency, and I'll get to this in a little bit more detail, is that it involved so much more training than I anticipated. Um, maybe it was just my expectations weren't quite right. <laughs> um, I've hired team members before, so I understand, yeah, there's training and onboarding involved, but my vision was that these people were coming to me, they already had the skills, they just needed me to say, okay, here's how, here's when you do this thing, or here's these three things, please do them in this order, but that they would already know how to do all the things. Um, and what I found was that was true of some people and not of others. And I was having to do so much more training than I was expecting in February. But I thought, okay, once we get over this training hump, things will be better. So that brings us to March. So three things happened in March. One of them you can probably guess. <laughs> so in March, I started a new big contract that required many more hours than I'd ever given to um, a single business before. So that was a big change for my schedule. Uh, the other thing was I had almost all of those existing clients all launching like new websites and courses all at the same time. They were all doing all of the things all at the same time. And then of course, the other thing in March was the freaking pandemic. So all of that happened in March. So March was just a giant mess. Um, at least that's what it seemed like to me. Hopefully my clients didn't quite see it as a big mess. <laughs> um, but I'll 100% admit I almost didn't make it through that month. I actually had to take time off at the end of the month as a preventative measure for like a mental meltdown. I'm lucky I have super compassionate, understanding clients. Uh, and so in this case, the doing less really was just do nothing full stop. So that's how I had to handle things in March. And I was able to do that before things got too out of hand in my brain. 
And the other thing I did was I made the decision to stop accepting new clients. I was already, you know, way over capacity. So I was like, well, I will just publicly state on all the places that I'm not accepting new clients and um, blocked off my calendar for discovery calls and things. And I said, okay, I'll come back to this in June. So we managed to get through March. Then we come to April, May. Um, so I was expecting April, May to be pretty smooth sailing because we'd just been through all these launches. The VA agency um, had been working with me for longer. I was expecting uh, things to be running kind of like clockwork um, and they weren't were running like clockwork. So I stopped and I took a moment to look at where I was spending my time. I was expecting to have all this extra free time and it wasn't happening and what the hell was going on. So my time wasn't being freed up as much as I wanted because I was, instead of spending the time doing the tasks, which is what I would have been doing if I didn't have anyone to outsource to, I was spending time managing. And that managing was taking almost as long as the doing. And so I thought, why am I paying for this when I could just do it <laughs> myself for uh, the same amount of time, sometimes faster, sometimes not. Uh, and there was communication issues that were causing delays. And the one thing that um, really made me pause I was my half of my brain was like, okay, no, we need to offboard. Um, we just need to end this relationship. Was because my time wasn't being freed up. But the thing that was really good about this agency was that they had people there with other skills that I didn't have. So all of a sudden, I could offer more things to my clients. Um, the big benefit being that, well, maybe I would become their one stop shop for things and they wouldn't have to hire other contractors or other service providers to do things. So that was the piece that made me hesitate. But finally, um, I just decided, no, you know what, this, it's just not worth it. It was too stressful. Um, I needed, if I was going to be spending my time, I would rather just be spending my time doing the tasks rather than managing them. So I decided to offboard them. And that also meant that I had to scale back the services I could offer clients. And it took me a while to be okay with that. But what I, what I found, especially towards the, you know, mid, mid to end of May, is that my clients who had been launching courses were now making enough money due to those courses to start hiring more team members. And that meant that the pressure was off me to feel obligated to offer extra services. So once I realized that, I stopped feeling guilty about not having the range of services that I had for a few months and kind of gave myself a little pat on the back for my small part in my client's success that they could now hire um, like designers and copywriters and more VAs and things like that. And I could just stay in my happy tech lane <laughs> and do what I really loved. So in June, I made 
kind of a spur of the moment, spontaneous. It's um, sort of serendipitous. Uh, I rehired a previous VA and it was all, it's a long story, um, but it was just one little thing I came across that reminded me of her and of how good she had been. It wasn't like um, we parted ways because I didn't like what she was doing. She was good. Um, I was just trying to go in a different direction. But, you know, it was like, maybe I should just reach out and see what she's doing. And she got back to me right away. And she was like, I'm available. I can start right away. And so I was just like, let's do it. <laughs> and the nice thing about that, even though I had just come off of an outsourcing relationship that hadn't worked out, the nice thing about this, the new old VA, was that she she barely needed any onboarding because my business was at its core the same as what it was when she was working for me previously. Uh, she only needed training on things that were like super brand new to her or if they had significantly changed. Um, but she was a fast learner and she was fast to do the tasks. So this is a case where outsourcing finally saw me having my time freed up to work on my business and start to get ahead on regular tasks, especially stuff like content creation. So I outsourced, but I also scaled back on what I was offering. And in the end, that was okay. I think maybe at the beginning of the year, I was trying to grow without maybe having the capacity, the real capacity or understanding of what that could mean, or maybe my expectations and the agency I'd hired Maybe we just weren't matching up. Could have been all three of those things. In fact, it probably was. So June, things seemed pretty rosy. Things were on track. I felt like, okay, this is the way I want things to be. Going forward, everything will be fine. July and August. July and August, again, suddenly, again, everyone was launching everything all over again and it was like oh shit here we go again <laughs> so it was like okay we need we need to make sure that march doesn't happen again um so luckily the va that i had um she was able to help me manage a lot of that stuff so that we didn't have a march meltdown again um and i made a point with all my clients to try to get super clear with them on exactly which tasks were really critical for the launches and and which tasks were things that could wait until you know right after or if there were things that they just were like oh yeah can you do this for me too you know i made sure to to identify with them okay is this high priority like do you need this done now or is this something that we can leave like for a month or two until the launch is done? So I did a much better job at, at that part of my project management and task management, just so that I knew exactly, okay, these are the critical things that have to get done. The rest of it gets moved to the back burner. So July and August went by, I mean, it was crazy but it was somewhat smooth. Like I don't, 
I definitely avoided a meltdown. We were good there. <laughs> so yay me <laughs> for, for making July and August better than March. So here's the thing. We're in September now, and all that back burner stuff that we put off is catching up with me. And I, again, I'm feeling like I'm behind on everything. So in this exact moment, I'm, I'm brainstorming, I'm trying out a whole bunch of different things that, and some of them are just temporary to get through this little bump. And some are things that maybe I will implement long-term. So what am I doing? Uh, I adjusted my schedule to put high focus work during times when I know I won't be interrupted. And so what that means, even though I would prefer not to work on weekends, I am right now working on weekends. And it's not like I'm putting in an eight hour day on Saturday and Sunday. It just means that something that maybe I normally would have done on a Wednesday, but I know I'm going to get pulled in 15 different directions and won't be able to focus on that thing. I just say, you know, screw it. Don't do it on Wednesday. Let's do it on Saturday when you know you're not going to have people emailing and texting and slacking and you can just focus for two hours on this thing and just get it done. Um, because if working on weekends means that the rest of my week is just stress-free because the thing is done, it's totally worth it to me. <laughs> what else did I do? Uh, I reduced my meeting availability for non-clients. So I went through my calendar um, and a lot of the, like the calendar for discovery calls and things, I reduced how many calls I can take. Um, and I'm okay with that because what I also decided to do was I decided to cut back on the services I'm offering. I shouldn't say cut back. Um, I'm not accepting new clients for tech support anymore. Um, I just don't have the capacity for that ongoing one-on-one -on -one support. And it is my lowest margin service and tends to be the most complicated. So I'm only accepting clients for consulting, which is my favorite service. And I will do one-time projects for people, but I'm getting really picky. So it has to be something that is really interesting or that I really love or that I know so well that it's like I could do this in my sleep. Um, and also it has to have a clear end date. If it's something that's going to linger, then that person is going to accidentally turn into a one-on-one -on -one tech support client. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> that won't work. So that's how I have um, tried to reduce potential hours. What else? Um, oh, in addition to cutting back on the services I'm offering right now, I also fully outsourced some other work to um, colleagues that I trust. And I'm, I'm essentially making no money on these projects but my clients are happy because they just see the stuff getting done. And so 
like for me, it really is a net zero, except that my client's happiness is quite valuable <laughs> because in the long run, that means more income, right? So if there are a few projects here and there that's like, I don't really like doing that, or I know someone who can do that faster than I could, or I just don't have time, but this thing has to get done and I know someone who can do it, then I'm passing that work to them. It's still falling under my umbrella and subcontracting, but it's not my time being spent to do it. So those are some, some service strategies that I'm, that I'm using. Um, I had my own course that I wanted to launch in September. Um, all my clients have launched all their things. My thing has not yet launched <laughs> uh, because the client stuff just took priority. So I'm breaking down the tasks into super small increments, like things that would take 15 minutes. So this may sound tedious. If you're sitting, if you're not a list maker, you probably won't be able to relate to this, but seeing all of the little steps actually makes me feel less stressed out because I know what's coming. I know what to expect. Also, checking off one tiny item from a list is so satisfying and motivating. So it's more likely that I will get on the next task um, by the due date. It will be done on time. Maybe I'll even do it ahead of time because I'm feeling so motivated. So those are some strategies that, like I talked about the tricking your brain strategies. And I also had to give myself a little grace about missing my, my deadline. Uh, and so I've just told myself, okay, my goal now is to launch this course before the end of 2020, which when I see all the little tasks broken down into just like really micro increments, I can see, okay, that's doable. It doesn't seem like such um, a big thing to get done. Then content creation. So uh, at some point this year, I was quite far ahead with blogs and podcasts, but now I'm almost caught up to myself. So I've been um, playing with different ideas that I could do to help me, again, get through this like little temporary bump where things seem behind. So some ideas, um, I could do a traditional season format with my podcasts. If you see like some podcasts just run year round, which is what mine was doing. Some people have seasons, you know, so they put out episodes from, I don't know, from like April to October, and then it goes on hiatus, and then the next season starts again in April. So I've been thinking about doing something like that, where I could time the, the hiatus with my busy period, so I don't have to worry about creating content during those times. Um, that's one idea. I've also been toying with the idea of starting to have guests on the podcast. So if you have been listening for a while, you'll know that these are always solo podcasts and that was the way I wanted it. <laughs> that was a strategic decision, but now I'm recognizing that if I want to free up my time, 
I might have to bring on a guest who basically has their own topic and I'm just doing the interview or chatting with them about a certain thing. So that's a little bit like outsourcing, right? Outsourcing the topic so I don't have to think about uh, what to say. Um, there are some different things involved with having a guest on a podcast. So I do have to think about this a bit more and be smart that the extra things required to organize having a guest isn't just taking up the same amount or more time than if I just kept doing my podcast solo. So that will require a bit more research. And as always, instead of creating new content, I look at ways I can repurpose, recycle, or update something that I've previously created to cut down on my time commitment. And this isn't related to um, the blog or the podcast, but in terms of content creation, you may not have noticed, but I officially am taking a break from Instagram. It even says so on my Instagram bio <laughs> that I'm taking a break. Um, consistency is great, but not at the expense of number one, my mental health and other more effective channels falling behind. So when I look at my social media, I go, okay, like from one to five, however many I'm using, one to four, one to five, uh, which ones are most effective in terms of getting clients and driving traffic and getting conversions and Instagram is not at the top. So, and also this is off topic. I'm just not enjoying Instagram. It has, it, and it's not just the content, it's just the way it works and having to do so much on the phone and yeah, I'm just, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I have a very like Gen X mindset when it comes to Instagram. I'm just like, oh, this is like, I feel old and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I decided, you know what, just take a break, just put it on pause. And then other content. Um, so in the Facebook group, we used to do bi-weekly live streams, but I switched it to monthly challenges. And the challenges are hyper-specific, which means that in total, they take about two hours each month to plan, prep, and execute. So that's two hours of my time per month, where the live streams were taking up about five hours minimum, a month and sometimes more, um, especially in the pre and the post, I don't know, seem to be taking up so much time. So I freed up my time that way, but in a way that still gives value to the group members. And actually I'm hoping we'll give more value because they're actually learning one little specific thing. So that, so out of all of the things that I listed, is there one or two ideas there that you could apply to things in your business? Do you have things that really aren't critical to have done by the end of the year and you can put them in a 2021 bucket and revisit later? 
Do you have things that are just sitting there and you're making no progress because they seem too overwhelming? Can you break them down into baby steps and then just schedule one step per day, one five minute step per day? Do you have things that you can outsource with very little time spent training on your part? If you're worried about outsourcing to a potential competitor, then that's what contracts are for. Put clauses in there that they won't communicate with your client or that they won't work with your client during your existing contract or when it's over for five years and things like that. That's what contracts are for. <laughs> um, so don't be scared about that. Here's what I want you to think about. What can you do less today in order to do more tomorrow? That brings us to the end of today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That's Brandy with an I, not with a Y. There, you'll also find show notes and links to any resources that I happen to mention today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. I wish you all the best getting shit done this week.